You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. How many of y'all, what's the, what are some crazy fears y'all have? Like bugs and snakes? I hate snakes. Roaches? Like, I think I'd rather burn in a fire than experience a roach touching me. What are some other one nasty ones? Spiders? Anybody like spiders? Who's scared of red ants? I hate red ants. I'm allergic to them. I almost died once. A bullet ant? Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that video where the dude that got stung by a bullet ant? That was awesome. <laughs> Can't believe anybody else. What? I liked it. He's got like 10 videos. There's this dude. Where are we going with this? I don't know, but we're going there. Uh, He's got like 15 videos of him getting stung by like crazy, the top 10 most painly, pain, painful stingers. Oh, like he does the red ants. He sticks his hand. Oh, and just. <laughs> anyway, all right. So listen. So we're talking about fear factor. Some things you might be scared of and all that kind of stuff. DQ preached last week. He talked about fear of rejection. He said something pretty cool. In other words, he kind of said, if we have faith in the private to prepare us we have to have faith in the private to prepare us for the rejection that we will deal with in the public. Like, we gotta prepare ourselves for what we're gonna go through with fear in the private place to be prepared in the public place, which is real life, school, sports, all kinds of stuff. I remember one time in seventh grade, there was this girl, her name was Shanna Patrick. She was like the cutest girl in our school. She was actually in sixth grade. She was younger. Yes, I was robbing the cradle. And um, don't judge me, I was in seventh grade. Get over it. And uh, so I'm like, I want her to be my girlfriend. Like, I'm, I'm gonna go ask her out. Do you, did you all do the, I asked the middle schoolers and some of them said yes. Do you do the thing where you like, you ask me out, like, will you go out with me? Do you say that? A college student does that, that's great. Do high schoolers, does high schoolers still do that? Will you go out with me? What do you say, like, when you wanna, somebody to be your girlfriend or boyfriend, what do you say? Huh? You just start dating? No! Y'all need to get your head in the game. You gotta make it official. Y'all gotta commit. We're gonna talk about fear of commitment now. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so in seventh grade, I said, um, I said, I want her to be my girlfriend. So we used to do that. We used to say, even if like you just met the girl, you don't even know your name, you'd say like, will you go out with me? And they'd say yes or no, and then you'd be like girlfriend or boyfriend, all that kind of stuff. And so I walked up to her and I was like, got, got strong. I probably did some push-ups to make myself look swollen, all that kind of stuff. And I ate something really light so my belly didn't stick out. And I walk up to her and you know how seventh graders were like, what's up? And so I did that gangster lean. I remember I leaned on the wall. Shanna, I got a deep voice because I was probably talking like this in seventh grade. And so I leaned on the wall and I was like, will you go out with me? And she says, she, she remember she crossed her arms. She was like the sweetest thing ever. She crossed her arms. She goes, no. And so I slapped her. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. The girls are like, oh. no, I didn't say I would never do that. I never hit a girl. That's jacked up, but kind of funny because I really scared y'all. But no, I would not do that. But I got rejected. I hated it. Like it was one of those hard moments. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the fear of the future. And next week we're going to be talking about facing your fears. And so tonight with fear of the future, if you got your Bible, we'll be reading in just a minute out of Matthew 14, 25 to 31. So if you got your your phone or any, any phone that downloads apps, you can download the version app. It's got Bible, scripture all over it. You can get any interpretation, any translation, any language if you speak like Chinese, Mandarin, or anything like that. It's got all of it on there. You need to get that app on your phone. It's got great Bible reading plans as well. But to start off the message, I thought I'd do something fun, so we're gonna watch a video. Anybody know who Kevin Hart is? 
He's really funny. Sometimes very inappropriate, so I don't watch too much of him, but uh, this one's appropriate. It's a little bit of him tasting a haunted house. So watch this video with us. Hey, guys, I'm here with Kevin Hart. Now, last time we hung out, uh, you and I rode a roller coaster. I yeah. remember that. Yes, I do remember that. It uh, wasn't one of my, my best moments. Yeah, me neither. That was pretty scary. But since Halloween is just around the corner, I wanted to try something even scarier. So today we're going through New York's scariest haunted house, Blood Manor. I gotta be honest, I, roller coasters are, I'm okay, I can do it a little bit. I do not like being scared, I'm for real scared of. You, here's what I, I wanna say this, you jump out on me if you want to, you gonna get a boot to the, to the <laughs> neck. Oh, not, bad. not bad, I get it, I get it. I get it. It's like a thing, a snake, it's gonna hop. Come on, Jimmy. You, you, you making it worse. You're making it worse, man. Step in my foot. You making it worse, man. Now step into the matter. Hey, Jimmy, look. Hey, give me a hand. <laughs> Yo, man, I don't know where to go.
Is it over? Listen, if, if, we, if you guys watch this and at any point it looks like I was afraid, I'm an actor. <laughs> All right, cut it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That really doesn't have anything to do with our message. I thought it was funny about fear. So we got to face our fears at some point. Tonight we're talking about facing our future, which could be a fear. So if you've got your Bibles, Matthew 14, here's what's going on in this passage. So the disciples are riding in a boat. And here's the thing about this boat. I should have got a picture of it. It's an open boat. It's not one with like a big cabin that if you're facing a storm or anything, like 10 feet above the water. No, I've been in one of these boats it's probably about as big as this stage right here. It's open up and it's got big wings that come up on the side that you can hold on to. It's a very open boat. So a storm comes, they're freaking out, they don't know what's gonna happen, and here's what's going on as you embark upon this passage. Listen up. Around three in the morning, so it's late at night, early in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea. This is Jesus. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus said to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. And when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? When they got in the boat, the wind ceased, then those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly you are the son of God. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for your word. I pray that you just speak and I don't. I pray that your word just comes alive through this message that we're talking about today. I pray that you can apply it to our life and transform us from the inside out. Lord, help us to listen and not be distracted with everything that the enemy wants to distract us with. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the first step of your future is to get out of the daggum boat. All right, say daggum boat. We gotta get out of the boat. The first step of the future is we gotta get out of the daggum boat. And you're like, what does that word mean? I don't know. The interns liked it and I liked it too, so that's what we're saying. We gotta get out of the boat. And a lot of us don't like to face our fears. Like there's things in life where we're just challenged or things in life where we're encouraged. There's things in life where we're discouraged and we just don't want to face. There's things and people in our life that just, just, they just scare us. Things going on. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's somebody that's hurt us in the past. Maybe it's a group of people. Maybe it's bullying. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a situation of tomorrow. You know, a lot of you are seniors in this room and you already graduated and you're like, man, in two weeks I'm going to college and I don't want to go because I don't know what I'm going to do. Some of you are like, man, I'm getting ready to start college, high school for the first time and I don't know what's going to happen. And man, I just want to play sports, but I'm scared of all that stuff. I understand tomorrow's coming whether we like it or not. And so we've got to understand that the first step of our future is we got to get out of the boat. I can't imagine how, how hard it was for Peter to take that first step. So he's sitting there and he sees Jesus walking in the water and they think it's a ghost. And he says, Jesus, if it's you, command me to step out of the boat. And he says, come to me. And so he takes that first step and, and I can imagine him saying, all right, I'm gonna take this step and I'm either gonna die or I'm gonna walk on the water and I'm gonna experience a life-changing situation. And that's usually how it is with a step of faith when, you, when you're experiencing fear in such, something for tomorrow. It's usually like life or death sometimes, especially in the New Testament with situations we're dealing with. And so he stepped out and he took that first step and he starts walking on the water. But that first step, I can't imagine how challenging that was. I told you all about a month or two ago about a time I went cliff jumping. How many of y'all have ever been cliff jumping before? Y'all are like, there's no cliffs around here. Caleb's been, there's been like two of you that are gone. Some adults in the back have been. Well, so well, here it is with cliff jumping. It's a cliff, you jump off of it and you land in the water. It's pretty self-explanatory. And so I remember I, I looked over the edge, it was about 40 feet. And I looked down and I'm like, 
that's a big fall. Like, I'm not gonna die, but that's gonna hurt. Like, I gotta put some shoes on or something because that would kill my feet. And so I remember I stepped back. I was like, all right, I just gotta take that first step and I got the momentum and I gotta go in because you gotta jump out or you're laying like on the rocks below. And so I'm like, all right, I got this. I can do it. And I remember sitting there and they're like, go, you big pansy. And I'm like, shut your face. And so I sit there and I'm, I didn't really say that. I was kidding. So we're like, wow, he's mean, aggressive. And so I, I took that first step and I remember I ran and just jumped out. It was scary, but that first step was huge. I remember the first time I got on a blob. Anybody ever been on a blob? Camp, you, you do that. Some of y'all are like, nah, I'm too good for that. Uh, well, I don't, I don't realize how scared I am of heights until I get to the height. And so I'm standing up on that platform. It was when I was at a middle school camp several years ago. And I stand up there and I'm like, this is taller than I thought it was. And I'm looking down at the blob and I'm like, I know it's very padded, but I feel pretty high right now. Like, I don't like that. And so I remember I was like, all right, just gotta get that momentum, take that step and just jump. And finally I did it because I'm like, I don't want middle schoolers to make fun of me. That ain't cool. You got a middle schooler making fun of you. You got serious problems. And so I remember when I was in middle school another time, I was in a church service just like this. I was at a retreat with my church in Lexington, Kentucky, Southern Heights Baptist Church. I was a middle schooler. So I'm sitting kind of like on the end, like y'all, and I'm sitting there, and I remember the pastor's talking about if you need to make a decision for Christ, then I need you to stand up, step into that aisle, and walk forward to the stage. And I remember thinking, man, I know I need to do that. But I, I don't want to get up. Like, this is, this is hard. And I felt like God just kind of squeezing my heart and slapping me in the back of the head, and I'm like, quit it, Lord, quit it, Lord, quit it, Lord. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I, I need to go. Like, I don't want to do this, but, but I need to go. And I remember... I stood up and I took that first step and I'm like, okay, got this. And I went forward and I made a decision for Christ. And there's times in our life where it's, it's hard to take that first step. The first step of your future is to get out of the boat. The greatest thing that God has for you is when you are fully dependent on him. Because the thing about Peter is, man, God used him over and over and over again, but he had to make major steps of faith. Major steps of faith. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Has anybody ever heard that story in the Old Testament? Daniel, when he went to the lion's den, some of y'all heard that, some of you're like, I think I have. Well, Daniel was a very God-honoring man. He was filled with integrity. And so they said, listen, if you continue to honor God, then we're gonna throw you in the lion's den. He's like, well, I'm gonna honor God. I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta walk in faith, and this is what God's called me to do. And so he honors God. He said, all right, you're going to the lion's den. He's like, well, I guess either the Lord's gonna show up and, and I'm gonna be saved, or the Lord's not gonna show up and I'm gonna be eaten by lions, but I'm gonna walk in faith. He goes to the lion's den, he's there overnight. The king comes out, he's like, Daniel, are you still there? He's alive. They throw somebody else in the lion's den, the lion eats him up immediately. In that same book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, you keep honoring God, we're gonna throw you in a fiery furnace. So they throw him in the furnace and they're sitting there for hours and not a hair on their entire body is singed. In fact, a fourth person shows up. It was the angel of the Lord, many people to say Jesus, before he came to the earth in the New Testament. And so he shows up and he's there to protect them and he guides them, and then the people that are closing the door, the guards that are closing the doors of the fiery furnace, they burned up and died when they were in the middle of the fire. God showed up because they stepped out in faith. When you step out in faith, God shows up, but you gotta take that first step. It's incredible to see because sometimes you have to risk your life, risk your reputation, risk your security, but God's going to show up and God's gonna use you a lot of time because God, so here's the thing, God wants to use God wants you to step out in faith to deepen your relationship with Christ exactly like he did with Peter. Because when we step out of the boat, we experience a glimpse of his goodness and his plan for our future. Because here's the thing, Peter stepped out and he stepped into the water 
And then he begins to walk on the water and, I can see, and he's looking at Jesus and he's focused and he's, he's fully attended on him. And then what happens? He sees the power of the wind of the storm and then what happens? Somebody said it, he begins to sink. That's exactly right. So he's focused on Jesus. His eyes are on Jesus. He's looking ahead and then he's like, whoa, that's a big wave coming over there. There's another wave over there. Like this wind is strong. It's taking me. It's taking that boat out. Like, I'm getting ready to start sinking. And he starts to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus. I remember when I was about 13 years old, I gave my life to Christ a little while before and all that kind of stuff, but I took my eyes off Jesus. And I started to give in to the temptations of the world. I started to struggle with all kinds of things. I started to date and go out, like I talked about earlier, with the wrong person. I started to hang out with the wrong people. And my eyes were not on Jesus. My eyes were on the waves. My eyes were on those friends and those friends. And I want to be like them. I want to do that. I want to date her. I want to do that. And all this kind of stuff. I was everywhere except with my eyes on Jesus. And when I took my eyes off Jesus, it changed everything as it did for Peter. Listen, you're afraid of sinking. You're afraid of struggling. You're afraid of tomorrow because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You are bored with your faith because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You're sick of your life because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You hate your parents because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You wanna cut and maybe even take your life because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You wanna end it all or you wanna take him out because your eyes aren't on Jesus. You're miserable in your relationships and your situation, your school, and you don't like anything because your eyes aren't on Jesus. When you put your eyes on Jesus, it changes everything but it's very difficult to do. I don't wanna deny that or confuse you in that. But here's the thing, turn your devotion, your focus on him and you won't just be content. You won't just be happy sometime. You will experience the unquenchable joy of Jesus Christ in knowing him in a personal relationship and it changes everything. In high school, in high school I was very insecure. I just, I don't know what it was. I just constantly worried about what others thought and what are they gonna think about me? Am I gonna be friends with them tomorrow? Am I gonna be cool? Am I gonna be accepted? I constantly thought about that. It's a little bit of rejection, but a little bit of facing tomorrow as well. I was, I was, kind, of a, I was kind of a turd. Like, that's what I call these people. Like, I, I would always wear my pants sagging, you know that, and my hat sideways. You were like, you were a little wannabe thug, weren't you? Yes, I was, don't judge me. And I was, I don't know what it was. I probably weighed, I actually weighed, I was five foot 10, the same as I am now, and I was a buck 33. Like, I was tiny. I was skinny as a rail. I thought I was really bad for some reason, and I really wasn't. And I was very insecure, and I used my confidence as false security. And so here's the thing, like, I always did that, but I struggled with all kinds of things because my eyes weren't on Jesus. And when I started to sink, when I got older and struggle with the temptations of the world and all kinds of other stuff, here's what happened. I got to a point where I'm sinking and I'm falling in the water. I did what Peter did. I reached out. And Jesus was just sitting there waiting for me because I had a relationship with him. And although it wasn't right at the time, I reached out and he pulled me up out of the muddy mire, out of the mess, out of the water, and he gave me the strength to stand on a solid foundation. And it took me going through that to surrender, to really get right with Christ. And then he called me to ministry. He called me to a right relationship with him. I got a family and everything changed. Listen, quit sinking, students. God's got so much more for you. But we're so distracted with what's going on here and over there and up there and down there or back there. When, when Jesus is just standing there and he's like, 
I'm right here, and he's not going to scream at you. He's not going to scream at you. He's going to sit there, and he's going to whisper. And he's going to sit there, and he's going to hold his hand out and wait for you to reach up and say, I'm back. Or maybe reach up for the first time and surrender your life to Christ. He's reaching out, waiting for you to call upon him. Listen, Tim Tebow words it really well. He says, I don't know what my future holds. We don't have a clue. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. My biggest fear probably in the world right now is if I lost one of my kids or lost my wife. I don't know what I would do. I don't think I'd abandon my faith. I mean, my dad died. I stayed strong with Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But if I lost one of my kids or my wife, I don't know what I would do. I would freak out, that's for sure. It's probably one of my biggest fears. But, but here's what Tim Tebow says. He says this, I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. I think that's just something we need to hear tonight. Because like, you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You have no idea. You can get a call and, and you have cancer as a teenager. You can get a call, you lost a parent, lost a relative. Your parents are gonna get divorced. Some of you all have got these phone calls before. I have too. Everything could change. You don't know what your future holds, but I know who holds your future. He's got you right here. And so I'm gonna challenge you with four different uh, kind of situations right now. I got four chairs here, and every one of us sits right now in front of one of these chairs or sits in one of these chairs. This is chair one, obviously, chair two, and I'm explaining these in just a second because I want every one of you to think, which chair am I in? And I want you to go, that's me, that's definitely me. And then I'm gonna ask you in a minute, as when I, we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm gonna ask you which chair you're in. So the first chair, this is chair one over here. You sit there and you're like, man, I just, I just gotta be honest with you. I don't know Jesus. I've never given my life to Christ. I thought I did or I don't. Or man, I just, my friend started bringing me or this is my first time and I just need Jesus. I need nothing else. I just wanna give my life to Christ at all costs. Like I'm ready to step out in faith. I'm ready to step out and watch Jesus save me. I wanna, I wanna give my life to Jesus and get out of the boat. Next, you're sitting here. So this is you, this is chair one. Next, this is you, you're sitting there and you're like, man, I know Jesus, I got a relationship with him, I made this decision when I was at camp or four years old or 10 years old or last week or whatever when my parents shared the gospel with me and all that kind of stuff and, and right now I'm just, I'm honestly just not living for Jesus. He hasn't left me because he'll never leave me or forsake me but at the same time, I just need to, I just need to get right with Jesus. Some of y'all call that maybe like a rededication. I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I just need to get right with Jesus is really what it comes down to. This might be you, if that's you, Put in your mind and go, all right, that's me. Next one is this. You sit there and you just say, man, I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm not, I don't really care. I'm not really interested in this. I believe there's a God and I'm kinda, I guess you could say like I'm still seeking or something like that. Um, but I just, I just don't know Jesus. I don't really care to. But I mean, I'm here. I like it. I'm kind of inter interested in this stuff, but I'm not ready to make a commitment to Jesus or anything like that. This might be you, this is chair number three. Chair number four, you might sit there and you say, I know some solid students in here, this is the case. And I could point you out and say your name and all that kind of stuff. You sit here and you say, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm not perfect, I still got my struggles, but man, I love Jesus, I know he loves me, he's redeemed me, and man, I'm, I'm trying to read my Bible on a regular basis because I wanna deepen that relationship with Christ. I haven't missed church and I don't know how long, and man, I'm just, I'm faithful to Jesus. And I, I'm doing pretty good, I still got things to grow, but, but I'm doing pretty well. So chair one all over again, you don't know Jesus, but right now you're like, man, I wanna give my life to Christ. Chair two, you're struggling, but you wanna get right with Jesus at all costs, no matter what it takes. Chair three, man, I'm not really interested in this, but I'm, I mean, I'm cool, I'm, I like Church Unlimited, I like CU students and all that kind of stuff, but, but I'm just not ready to make that commitment. Chair four, I'm doing pretty good, I'm doing okay. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you're sitting here and you're just like, mate, I gotta be honest with you, um, I really need to give my life to Christ. And if you look 
look at the, the storyline of creation and you look back in time and 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth. He stepped out of heaven and he stepped onto this earth. And so he lived a life for about 30 years and then men and women took him and they beat him and they crucified him and his, his blood was shed on the cross. And he died on the cross. He died a death that we deserved, you and I both deserve. And then he arose from the grave. He defeated sin. He defeated death. If you're sitting there and you're like, man, I need to give my life to Jesus. And I don't understand fully, but I just know I want to surrender my life to Christ. There are three middle schoolers that did that an hour ago. If that's you, if you just want to give your life to Christ, would you just raise your hand real quick? You say, man, I do. I just want to give my life to Jesus. Okay. Anybody else? Just be bold. Just say, listen, it's just me and you looking right now. I need to give my life to Christ. All right. Chair two, you're sitting there and you're like, man, I just need to get some things right with Jesus. I'm struggling and I need to, uh, I need to rededicate my life, whatever that looks like. Um, I just... I just need to get right with Jesus, and I, and I want to do that tonight. Would you just raise your hand? So I, need to, I just need to get right with Jesus. Every one of us should be raising our hand at one of these four chairs. Cool, that's about 10, 15 of y'all. appreciate y'all being real. That's awesome. Chair three, you're like, man, I'm, I'm not really interested in this, but I'm cool with it. I'm kind of a, seek, a seeker. We had about three or four students raise their hand in middle school. I appreciate you them being honest. If that's you, you're just kind of like, I'm here, but I'm not fully engaged in this stuff, but I, I appreciate you being real with me, so I just, I just want to be real with you. If this is you and you're in chair three, would you raise your hand? Okay, a couple of y'all. Appreciate the boldness. That's awesome. Thanks for being real. Respect you for that. Really do. Okay, last chair, man, I'm doing pretty well. I'm walking with Jesus. I have my quiet time. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing pretty well. Would you raise your hand if this is you? Several of y'all all over the room. That's incredible. I'm proud of you guys. All right, so let's go back to chair one. If you need to give your life to Christ tonight and you need to surrender everything over to him, one more time, would you raise your hand? Okay, that's awesome. So we're gonna pray for every single one of these chairs. I wanna pray for chair two, I wanna pray for chair three, and I wanna pray for chair four. And I'm gonna pray for those students that gave their life to Christ tonight as well, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we just lift up these students to you right now, and these students that need to give their life to you, Lord, and these, these three middle schoolers that gave their life to you earlier, Lord, I just pray for them. I pray that they get real with you, they get baptized, and they begin to walk with you daily. Lord, I pray for these in chair two that say, I need to rededicate my life. I need to get right with you. I need to make some major changes. Lord, help me to do that. Lord, I pray that you give them the boldness to go into their you groups and say, uh, leader, listen, I, I, man, I need to get right. And I, and I wanna rededicate my life and I just need somebody to hold me accountable. Here's my cell phone number. Would you just text me and check on me once a week and see how I'm doing if I'm having my quiet time and reading the word and just living right? Would you just hold me accountable to that, Lord? Give these students the boldness to do that. And, and that one or two students that are in chair three that say, man, I just, I'm not interested, but, I, but I'm cool with it. Man, I just pray that you just work on their heart and help them to realize that you died on the cross for them. Help them understand that, help them be changed. Those in chair four, Lord, please continue to give them the boldness to walk with you daily. And Lord, those in chair four, I hope that you just give, them, I pray that you just help give them a burden for their lost friends. And, and begin to invite them to Jesus and invite them to church for their lives to be changed forever. Lord, just move in this room, move in this ministry, and change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.